welcome to the Barricade Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Kevin. As always, I'm my tag team partner. The namesake for the show, even though your name isn't actually on the title of the show. My name is Barricade? Yes. Yes. Your name is Barricade. Or maybe it's because I'm so you've a, over. You've had a gimmick change. Have I? Yeah. Unbeknownst to me. You're, you're no longer the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. You're now the Barricade Lee Brando. Or Lee yeah. Barricade, if you want to go for it. Go for the whole thing. Liber le kid. It sounds French. It actually could be. The newest member of La Resistance. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, you I, wrestled over the weekend. I did. Yes. This is gonna, this is the sloppiest intro we've ever done. Um, we don't claim to be good at segues. We never or, claimed that. Or podcasting. Or really. po- or anything. <laughs> Human interaction. Yeah. Um, would you would you like to inform the listening audience as to your weekend that was just in the past? Uh, sure. That's a weird way to phrase it, but <laughs> my weekend that was just in the past. <laughs> um, well, Saturday night I was booked for Rampage Pro Wrestling, Dover, Delaware. It's great promotion. Uh, really great promotion. Great people. It's always a fun time. The locker room has a really good vibe to it and everything like that. Uh, the problem was, you know, I felt fine all last week, and I woke up Saturday morning. Um, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'll sleep in, right? It's my first morning that I can sleep in. So I sleep in until about 10 or 11, right? Wake up with the worst migraine in the world. Like, just like a migraine that'll make you cry you know and it didn't get any better um so start driving down there and have to pull over because i'm like i'm literally gonna vomit because this is how much pain i'm in and uh probably around four o'clock i stopped by a pharmacy and picked up some some migraine uh medicine now i it's important to note that I don't like taking any sort of medicine or or anything along those lines. Like I, I just, I don't know. I, uh, it's not my first choice. So to break down and actually take a migraine pill is a big step. Um, so I show up, and as you know, we're waiting backstage. We're trying to put everything together. Um, you know, it clears up pretty much just in time for my match. And uh, go out there. It was a big uh, multi-person championship scramble match. Mike Adamley special um, for the Rampage Open Challenge Championship, I think. And, uh, of course, just as I start to feel better and feel my my head isn't going to explode, um, I German suplex a guy and land right on my head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so kind of continued continued the cycle there, and uh, it it was not a fun night that night. But luckily, um, by uh, by Monday, I was feeling better. So that was my weekend. Yeah, migraines suck. I I assume that since you essentially hit a finisher on yourself, you did not win the match. Well, here's the thing. I uh. A, I don't even know about probably about two minutes in, I uh, I pinned uh, a competitor. So I was the open challenge champion uh, 
from that point until now I never got pinned okay uh what happened was um an, uh, somebody in a, in a championship scramble match you the you you don't have to pin whoever is the champion you just have to get a pinfall or a submission and then you become the champion so I won it at about two minutes and then uh, it was a 15 minute time limit maybe about minute 11 or 12 somebody else got beat and then it kind of changed hands a bunch but I was I was incapacitated because the guy that I originally pinned um, took my head to a steel chair which also didn't feel good on top of everything else um, so I wasn't even in the ring when everything else went down by the time I tried to get back in the ring the time limit had already expired and uh, JT Funk was the man with the most recent uh, pinfall so he's the open challenge champion but my business with him is not done uh, I was never beat so that would be a sh- that would be a strong claim as a as number one contender then yeah, number one contender or should be the champion um, we don't even have to have a match necessarily in my opinion um, I won it first I held it the longest um, I was never beat for it I mean how many reasons do you need uh, why I should be the open challenge champion right now be representing that title on that company um, you know, and I'm not trying to put JT Funk down or anything, but I think if him and I squared off, uh, it would it would be kind of one-sided. I mean, he's maybe 180 pounds, um, super athletic, uh, really great, but I think my kind of power and um, explosiveness would, would take him down. So if he wants the match... You know, if Rampage wants to sign the match, go ahead and do it. But I would first talk to the promoter and say, "Lay, listen, this is the case here." Um, you know, that's that's just my opinion on it. Because um, I think I could do a lot with that title. Not that JT Funk couldn't do a lot. I could just do more. Book it, Rampage. There you Since go. Since I have no affiliation with Rampage <laughs> Pro Wrestling, you although heard it here first, I, I, and you know, we can have. Anybody from the management team of Rampage, we can have JT Funk, we can have him on the show and talk about it. Because, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's a bone, I have a, bo- I have a bone to pick with them. Excuse me. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, in, in the audience weren't really sure uh, why I didn't leave as champion. There was a lot of confusion as to why the guy who won at first, held it the longest, didn't get beat, was not the champion in at the end of that match. So, I mean, that's just from talking to people, you know, after the show and at intermission and stuff like that. Um, I mean, but it was it was it was a pretty interesting match. It was uh, the only match of the night where somebody got busted open. Uh, was not me, and I did not bust someone open. I don't want to take credit nor blame mm-hmm. um but yeah it was a hard-hitting match um the rest of the show was really good it was a tag team tournament um from what i remember uh the the latter match was really good but at that point i was uh 
I probably should have got looked at, but my head was my my head was pretty messed up, <laughs> to say the least. N the the German suplex, the migraine all day, and eating a steel chair, uh, all of that kind of coupled together. Yeah, steel chair is not going to fit in too many diets. No, no. All right. Well, it sounds like there's business to be handled there. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's Rampage's last show of the year, but they will be back in 2018 uh, with some pretty big news. I don't want to talk about any of it now just in case things change, but um, you might be seeing a lot more Rampage. Uh, it might be very accessible to people, and that's all I'll say. Okay, well, we'll leave it at that. Last thing I want you to do is say anything that's going to get you heat. No. So... Uh, we will we will move along, and uh, we uh, should talk the little bit of the news in the overall wrestling world. And uh, yeah. it's before, been an interesting week. Yeah. So, new Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. Since we last since we last came together, a uh, change at the top of Ring of Honor's card as Cody Rhodes is now the. Ring of Honor World Champion in Cody. less. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's Cody. branding is branding his own point. Uh, I mean, he's Cody Rhodes to everybody else. I don't see why he doesn't use Cody Runnels. You know, because uh, Goldust used Dustin Runnels when he was in WCW, I think. Oh, it, he's taking ownership of the name Cody. There's Terry which, Runnels, which is yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. So. Uh, Cody is the uh, Ring of Honor World Champion in under a year from leaving WWE. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's pretty monumental for a few reasons. Um, and it's not really one of those situations where the title makes the guy and the guy makes the title. They kind it kind of was the perfect timing for both of those things to happen. I don't think Cody was above the Ring of Honor title, but I also don't think the Ring of Honor title was above Cody. I think they came together at the perfect time. You know, like, for example, if somebody like John Cena left the WWE for some reason and won the Ring of Honor title, you would feel a sense that the title was beneath him in, his, in, in terms of his popularity and his, uh, you know, recognizableness and, and name brand recognition there you go um, but I think Cody is a really great fit for it um, and it was interesting in the uh, where were they the uh, Lowell Auditorium I Alicia. think uh, it was interesting to see the crowd reaction because Cody was you know supposed to be the heel uh, but he was overwhelmingly cheered and Christopher Daniels, who, you know, if anybody respects Christopher Daniels more than the Ring of Honor fans, I'd be surprised. Uh, but they were booing Christopher Daniels because they wanted to see Cody win the belt. Um, so that's one reason that it's pretty interesting. Another reason is this Saturday night he will be challenging for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Okada in Long Beach uh, in a, R New Japan's, like, really 
their first major uh, U.S. show that it's just them promoting. It's not a crossover show between them and Ring of Honor or anybody else. Um, this is kind of their first real stab of this era to try to get into the North American market and the United States especially. And you have a guy who made his name in WWE, was there for a long time, now is the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion, and going up against arguably the best-known pro wrestler in Japan, Okada. Um, certainly the top guy in Japan, if he's not the most well-known at this point. So, that's interesting. It's interesting that we have two major... Um, heavyweight champions from different promotions facing off. I think the last time this happened was like when the NWA was still prominent and it, and Ric Flair was the NWA WCW champion and uh, I forget exactly who he faced but it, it was a guy from, from All Japan I think. It may have been from New Japan but I think it was all from All Japan and that was a weird one because Flair uh there was like a screwy finish and the the Japanese guy was billed in Japan as the NWA champion along with whatever uh his other championship was mm-hmm. and Ric Flair was billed as the WCW champion in the states so half of the world ignored the finish and the other half ran with it um and so it was kind of interesting there. Um, this, I don't think they'll be able to get away with anything like that with this one. Um, and when you start to think about how this match is going to be booked, it gets really interesting. Because I don't think a double disqualification or double countout, which is how a lot of these matches usually end, um, would go over well at all with the fans in Long Beach. Because um, it's going to be pretty hardcore fans that are there. I mean, the event sold out in, what, four minutes or something like that? Um, you So I don't think a double DQ or a double countout would work. You can't really do a 60-minute time limit draw because they just did a 60-minute time limit draw with Omega Okada. Um, you, you really can't have... Cody lose clean or Okada lose clean because that makes one company look much stronger than the other. It's a very interesting booking scenario um, to put themselves into, and I don't think that Ring of Honor would have put their heavyweight championship uh, on Cody if they didn't have some either input or at least knowledge of what the booking was going to be for this New Japan show. Obviously, they wouldn't give Cody the Ring of Honor title to have him lose clean in, you know, 20, 30 minutes to Okada. And it might be a good match, but he's still going to lose, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's 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 very crazy, um, the scenario that, that's going on. Also, Cody Rhodes, um, I could be wrong on this, but I don't think I am. Um, second only father-son uh, duo to hold major world championships, which is pretty amazing in a business built on nepotism. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So you think of all the great second and third generation superstars, uh, Randy Orton, The Rock, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, though they were world champions, their fathers weren't. Um, same thing with, uh, you know, well, I guess none of the Hennigs really became world championships. Maybe Larry did. I, I, I don't believe Larry the Axe Hennig was a world champion. Uh, he he wasn't AWA or anything like that. I don't think so. I don't think so either. But um, yeah, we're getting into territory I didn't prep on enough. Um, probably layover from this weekend head trauma. I'm kidding. I feel fine. Um, no, but it's it's really interesting. The only other uh, duo that comes to mind is the Von Erichs. Um, Carrie Von Erich. Um, when he and that was like a story that was built up for 20 years uh, was Carrie trying to regain the NWA heavyweight championship and he eventually did from Flair mm-hmm. so I mean these things are, are pretty monumental um, and I was listening to a media call with Cody Rhodes and in his words there was nobody that he had met in the wrestling business that didn't congratulate him on his ring of honor win Mm -hmm. so to me that means you know triple h vince mcmahon undertaker those guys um are watching obviously and uh view that title as a major world title also so it's pretty pretty impressive well we know somebody who was watching was uh daniel bryan who after Cody won the championship, c- tweeted his congratulations, yeah, and then proceeded to tweet that, uh, what was it, having the title for 492 days was something that made me, however, whatever the number of days was, something that left a major impact on me. By the way, if you get to that point in like September of 2018, I'm coming for you, which yeah. is kind of a big deal in that a WWE obviously a wwe talent kind of just challenged a possibly threw out a challenge to a non-wwe talent at this point although a lot of factors come into play here uh danny bryan is obviously no longer an active wrestler for wwe no Uh, cody has a unique relationship with wwe and it's not the first time wwe talent has chirped at non-wwe talent we see it all the time with Guys like the New Day and the Revival against the Young Bucks. So I think and, um, and Xavier Woods specifically against Kenny Omega. So this sort of stuff happens on a pretty regular basis. This just gained notoriety simply because there is a lot of rumor that Daniel Bryan's going back to wrestling once his WWE contract is up. Yeah, I mean it's always something that has happened. There's always been interpromotional stabs or interpromotional mentions references whatever you want to call it um i think nowadays with social media it's much more out there and i think what makes this situation um a little more special is daniel bryan or brian danielson is so loved especially by ring of honor fans um he was one of the guys if not the guy to propel that company and propel that championship to where it is now a lot of really great wrestlers have held that championship 
and it's it's a protected championship. It's not like the WWE championship that has been changed around, passed around. You know, the name of it has changed. It, it's been, you know, they've had champions for a day. They've had champions for 48 hours, you know. The owner of the company was champion. The owner of the company, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely been the victim of some pretty questionable booking. Whereas the Ring of Honor title is protected. And I think the only more protected championship, world championship, is the IWGP championship. In the last six years, I think only four different people have held that IWGP championship. And that was Okada, AJ Styles, uh, Tanahashi, and Naito. Yeah. So... In six, I mean, think about all the different WWE champions that there's been in the last six years, or at least WWE championship reigns. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm running through. I mean, just since I mean, just in the last two. Just years, think from 2011 be, to now. I don't want to think back to 2011. How much has the main event picture changed? Well, Sheamus was champion in 2011, but yeah. Then again, Sheamus was champion in 2015. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, everything has its has its way. Yeah. But um so so you have a a loved performer uh in Daniel Bryan mentioning, you know, he he has this worldwide stage and this worldwide following mentioning the company that he helped build where they would welcome him back with open arms. There's all this dissenting information, can he come back? Could he be cleared by this doctor? Well, he wouldn't be cleared by the WWE's doctors, but we know that we know the WWE doctors listen to a higher up, let's say. Um, so it's it's kind of this perfect storm of we want the guy to come back, we don't want him to be hurt, but there's a chance he can come back and not be hurt. Um, it's not like an edge thing. Where we'd love to see Edge come back, but we wouldn't really because he'd end up paralyzed or something like that, and nobody wants that. But with Daniel Bryan, he could come back and he could be fine. And if he comes back to Ring of Honor and he faces Cody Rhodes, who's taking over the world of wrestling, certainly every everything below WWE currently, um, so he's been I mean, in- that would be a huge match. And there's no reason, I think it was either the Young Bucks or Cody or or somebody said, there's no reason why in the next couple of years Ring of Honor can't be doing 15,000, 20,000-seat arenas. And I think if you have that Daniel Bryan-Cody Rhodes match for the Ring of Honor title, you might be there. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a certainly a monumental gesture that Daniel Bryan made. I'm not sure how WWE feels about it. Uh but then again, what are they going to do? Fire him, make him sit out the rest of his contract like he's going to do anyway? You know, I'm sure he'd rather sit at home with his newborn baby than uh go on the road every week, but you know, that's just my opinion of of who he is. And we know he wants to wrestle more. We know he thinks he can wrestle more. Um so I think that's what I think that's the case and when his contract gets closer to coming up I think the WWE will probably make a major push to him to get him to stay 
something along the lines of I they did something with Brock. Uh, there was that period of time I think it was about two or three years ago where Brock's first WWE contract when he came back was up, and he was he had the decision to make: is he going to go back to the UFC or is he going to stay in the WWE? And uh, I remember he was it was a long process. Uh, the you know both sides were bidding and everything mm-hmm. like this. And Brock came out and said, you know what, at this point, I'm a performer, and this is this is who I am. And mm-hmm. kind of let that UFC dream go. Now, he did have that one fight with Mark Hunt or whatever his name was, but um, that, that really wasn't in the spirit of what he would have done if he came back to UFC full-time. So somehow they convinced Brock to do it. I don't know if they'll be able to convince uh, Daniel Bryan to do it. They're very different people with very different... Um, priorities and very different salaries that's true brock lesnar makes more in a year than daniel bryan probably makes in four on their current contracts yeah especially with uh you know the in-ring bonuses that they're getting um yeah i I would say so i mean i don't know the exact number but i would assume brock makes more than anybody in the wwe currently that would uh, be the assumption as a performer i can tell you he does yeah. I know he does because I the details of those contracts comes out just about every year, and the only guy who could even consider rivaling him is Cena. Yeah, but both of them are made well. Last year made money outside of WWE. That's true. Um, senior, uh, senior, senior, senior. Uh, oh, what was he when he wore the mask in Salisbury? Uh, Juan Cena. Juan Cena. It's John Cena's Mexican cousin. Yeah. Juan Cena. One night only. I remember seeing pictures of that, and I remember being sad I didn't go. <laughs> it's a historic night. Um, but anyway, yeah, John Cena. One night only. <laughs> one night only. Um, John Cena doing more and more outside of the WWE in the recent years, and probably that trend trend is going to continue. Um, American Grit season two. He's that's why he's out currently. Um, uh, well, that but we'll get to this. But he's coming back next week. Yeah, he, he yeah he'll be back Tuesday, um, and we'll get into all the uh, the thinking on that. Um, so yeah, I mean, m- money is a factor, and I'm sure they could throw a ton of money at Daniel Bryan. Um, but is that more important to him than getting back in that ring, especially in front of Ring of Honor fans? You know, um, and it, it it would be special. It wouldn't be like. Um, it wouldn't be like a WWE solely a WWE guy coming over, or like, you know, it it wouldn't be like, uh, you know, pick any body out of a hat that's appeared on Impact Wrestling that came from WWE. It wouldn't be like that. Damian Sandow. Yeah, it wouldn't be like that. It would be like Daniel Bryan was coming home, you know. And same thing if CM Punk ever wanted to come back, I'm sure Ring of Honor would be the place he would go. Um, you know, provided somebody didn't throw a busload of cash at him. But then again, that might not be what he's interested in either. It, I mean, it seems like if you're not in WWE, the place to go is is uh, Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor brings that sweet New Japan dollar along with it. That's true. And that's and something it, that the Young Bucks, for example, are taking full advantage of, again, being uh, really crossed between the two promotions. If you're a western talent and you're signed with new japan you're going to go to ring of honor for something yeah if you're 
a big talent in Ring of Honor, you're going to do some work with some New Japan talent. So yeah. that's those those two promotions have one of the best working relationships I think we've ever seen at that level. The only one sorry. that I can say that would be close in history is what New Japan had with WCW. And uh, was it CMLL or AAA they also had a relationship with in the 90s? I think it was CMLL, but I could be wrong on that. But uh, they had the a problem closer, with those... They had a closer relationship with New Japan to the point where New Japan wrestlers were regularly on WCW television, guys like Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah, but I think the issue was I think WCW didn't hold up their end of the bargain as well as New Japan did there. Whereas with Ring of Honor, both sides you can tell are working symbiotically to elevate each other. Um, but you just reminded me, I believe the one thing that uh, Daniel Bryan has specifically said he wanted to do was work a triple A triple mania. Um, of course I could be wrong on that too, but I think he wants to do one of the big Mexican shows um, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to do anything else. But, yeah, I think if in a couple years, you know, Ring of Honor will have been around for, what, 20 years in, in just in 2019 uh, or 2020, somewhere close to that. I always thought Ring of Honor started in 2002. I don't know. You know, you continue This talking. whole podcast is just full of talk, infactual information. for just a minute, and okay. I will tell you. But what anyway. it is, my our crack research team, a.k.a. my phone, is on it. Okay. Uh, but the, the point I'm trying to make is Ring of Honor is not a new company anymore. They're not new kid on the block. They have a history, a, a pretty good history, a, a pretty decent uh, library of wrestling they've compiled. Um, and I think they're primed and ready to hit that next level. And if you have guys like Cody and the Young Bucks, and if Daniel Bryan comes back and, you know, God forbid, CM Punk comes back, you know, you you have now a product, a roster, and everything um, that wouldn't necessarily rival the WWE, um, but would certainly be on the radar i mean they were already on the radar but i mean in a big way where where you know you would have to start making sure you're not booking the same town too close together because if wwe runs the town that ring of honor just ran two nights ago they're probably gonna take a hit that that sort of thing mm-hmm. um so and, and it'll be interesting to see how the WWE responds. Uh, right now, they've enjoyed using Ring of Honor as a talent pool <laughs> um, and somewhat a storyline pool. Um, somewhat a promotion pool to an extent with NXT. Yeah. With how they how they kind of manage that. Now, um, uh, it, Ring of Honor just celebrated their 15th anniversary. So they were so founded in 2002. Um, and, and I knew that sounded about right because I remember seeing all the promotional f- stuff for the 15th anniversary show. Yeah, I remember um, that now, too. All right, so um, so from Ring of Honor to WWE, uh, let's quickly run through what happened this week. We didn't have a pay-per-view this past week, and we don't have a pay-per-view this upcoming week. It's very few weeks that that's the case. This is such a rare opportunity for us to not talk about a pay-per-view at great length. 
Except the upcoming Great Balls of Fire. Hold on. It's the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view. Oh, okay. You have to say pay-per-view at the, the end WWE of The WWE Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view event on the WWE Network. That's nine ninety nine. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, Strowman attacks Reigns on Raw. Not anything big there. Roman Reigns comes out to start off two Raws in a row after losing a fatal five-way match. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Remember, and last week it was, what are his SummerSlam plans? And then we all thought Scott Steiner was coming back, except for it was just an actual ambulance. Yeah. Um, um, and so Reigns and Strowman at Great Balls of Fire, maybe also SummerSlam? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, there have been murmurs that WWE is switching up their WrestleMania SummerSlam plans. I believe they are. Um. So I think what happened, what, a few things happened. What we were talking about, by the way, if they did switch it up, just for continuity purposes, Strowman versus Lesnar at supposed to be SummerSlam, SummerSlam and event. then possibly Reigns, Lesnar at WrestleMania. Well, that that was the penciled-in plan from before this year's WrestleMania was to have uh, Reigns and Lesnar uh, in New Orleans. Um, but I think a few things happened. A few things happened. One of the things was where they thought Roman Reigns was going to be kind of the next John Cena, you know, where he gets booed and cheered, but mainly at house shows, overwhelmingly cheered John Cena was. Um, Roman Reigns started like that, but now he's just kind of getting across the board booed. Um, Very little cheers for him. So I think their plans with Roman are on the verge of changing to maybe probably a heel turn. Uh, I think that would be good and they've had they've taken a hit in the ratings um they've had some of their worst ratings ever a few weeks ago i remember they had a rating that was worse than all but one episode of wcw nitro we talked about that at length (laughs) um so i think they realize that not having their champion there or possibly just kind of building your program around a champion that you don't see uh, isn't the best idea. So I think they're pushing up the Reigns-Lesnar match to SummerSlam. Now, I don't know which way is that going to go, and I also don't know if that's actually going to happen because now there's rumors that the Joe-Lesnar feud has taken off so well they might have a second match at SummerSlam, which I don't think anyone would be opposed to. I think it's the best feud on Raw. It, 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 Easily. It's definitely the best feud on Raw, and it's probably the Stroman best feud. Strowman and Reigns would be two, but part of that is because they got so cold after Strowman got hurt. Yeah. I think if this was a month and a half ago before Strowman got hurt, that was a hot feud. It was, But I yeah. think it cooled off. So, yeah, this Joe Lesnar um, feud has really picked up a lot of steam. And they're they're really making Joe, Joe look strong, you know? Yeah. Something they didn't do with, you know, like a Dean Ambrose or anybody that's feuded with Lesnar, Big Show even, uh, outside of like Reigns or Undertaker or Goldberg. Well, the whole point was that Lesnar was supposed to be this unbeatable monster, but they've made him look very human, which I think they had to do to get Joe over. But if you can put Joe within striking distance of that plane that they've put Lesnar on, Joe's a winner like he comes out of this He'll be there every week <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you know we were nervous what they were going to do with joe 
post WrestleMania because he, he wasn't even on the WrestleMania card. And no, apparently he, he has a... come out and said since then in uh, non WWE sanctioned interviews that he, I don't know if you, the, you're the one who told me this last week or if I heard this in another, in another place, it's been a busy couple weeks, but uh, after he heard about the plans for after WrestleMania, he actually was okay with not being on that card. And I think this was part of it. Yeah. They were going to push him and get him into that main event spot. He wasn't going to fall down the card, which I think was part of the reason Samoa Joe took so long to get to this level. Not that he didn't, not that I don't think WWE didn't want him. I think Samoa Joe's smart and understands that his value is at the top of a card. Right. You know, even on the fringes of the main event is okay, but if you're not on the top two or three matches on a card or one of the big money feuds, it's tough for Samoa Joe because it's too easy, especially in the WWE model, for him to just be kind of a one-dimensional heel that's floating the mid-card. Yeah, I think um, there was a lot of things that needed to be tested out. And like, like you said, he wasn't even on the WrestleMania card. And he was involved in the Triple H, Seth Rollins storyline, but mainly a sidekick, you know, keeping Triple H from having to get physical until WrestleMania. So it it was interesting to see where he was just a few months ago to where he is now. And this is really how Joe should be booked. You know, um, this is really more so what I think of when I think of Samoa Joe and um, it's it, you know it's taken off it's doing well the ratings are going back up you know they did they did pretty well this week Raw and Smackdown both so um, we'll, we'll see where they go for SummerSlam but I think the idea to hold off and to keep Lesnar champion until Wrestlemania I think has been pushed up um, for a lot of those reasons that we talked about and and uh, and just one more note: this Braun Strowman Roman Reigns ambulance match was supposed to be at Extreme Rules, but of course Strowman had to have uh, some surgery and stuff like that. So. Probably would have been a fatal four way in that main event spot. Yeah, uh, they probably that's all the changing and booking they did is they just put Reigns in that match. It was an easy easy switch, um, and it wasn't a bad match. No, it wasn't a bad match, and you know I Roman think Roman did his Joe part. Although over it anyway, Roman worked completely heel throughout that match. <laughs> if as you as you and I both remember, as he basically just swatted down all the faces. Yeah. Everybody in that match, heel or face, was beloved more than Roman Reigns. Yeah, between Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and Samoa Joe, come on now. And uh, I think I think they're starting to notice. You know, I think they probably have just. I don't know if it's so much they're just now starting to notice. I think they're finally giving into it. They're just turning into the wake instead of trying to go against it constantly. Yeah. Uh, to a degree, I think this is actually a really good use of Roman. I said about a month ago that I think Roman Reigns is the best heel and best heel WWE has. I think that's starting to play out a little bit. How do you keep Roman continually booed? You need to keep booking him in babyface situations. Well, his, However, his last two promos have certainly not seemed too babyface. No, they haven't. <laughs> but how do you keep him continually getting booed and people wanting to see him lose? Keep putting him in babyface situations. And that yeah. is going to work to draw that attention because he gets those kind of anti... The, the way Cena chants have historically worked, where nobody care, nobody chants about the other person. 
except CM Punk. CM Punk was one of the only people that really got in that wasn't... CM Punk and The Rock, I think, were the only two Cena opponents that got cheers instead of all of the chants being Cena-related. Yeah. So, uh, things, you know, every it's let's go Cena, Cena sucks. Same thing with Roman. Let's go Roman, Roman sucks. The Roman sucks chants are getting louder. Whereas Cena's, as you mentioned earlier, stayed pretty consistent. And I if think, anything, the Let's Go Cena got louder over the decade. Well, and I think people grew to respect him. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people viewed Cena as the enemy. I was always somebody who, who I never necessarily liked the way they booked him at times, but I always respected him because I could see he continually got better over the course of time. And, yeah. you know, yes, there were certain decisions that he made that were really stupid. AKA Nexus SummerSlam what was at 2010. Yeah. Uh, that was a really stupid idea. And he's even admitted that since then. So I think the other thing is now we're kind of, people are kind of, they turned on Roman a lot faster than they turned on. Cena. I think whereas they, Cena was kind of the first of his kind to get that kind of split reaction. So I think people put up with it, but then when Roman started to look like it was going to be ten more years of that, I think a lot of people were like, "I'm I'm just not going to put up with it," and uh, you know I'm going to drown out those people, and 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 might even be that Cena was just, you know, inherently more popular with chi with children and women. Um, not that Roman isn't, but I think maybe Cena had a bigger share, a more fifty fifty reaction, um, and you know especially at house shows even the men cheering um so roman's not quite getting that could be a multitude of reasons you know when cena came in and he still had the the rapper gimmick he was overwhelmingly cheered you know yeah his, he was super over he started his turn started as he was pushing towards that wwe the first wwe title run yeah i mean and not his turn he was super babyface but um Kind of that turn in reaction. You started getting glimpses of it after he won the title the first time. Yeah. But after you really started. 21. And he, but he was still getting largely cheered. Mm -hmm. And that was for a couple of years. And it was slow process. Well, and then come when you get to about 2006, 2007, Edge was a guy, for example, in 2006, who had been there forever, who was a heel, absolutely a heel, at that point in his career, but a guy that the fans who had been there a while respected. He beat Cena. And that, I think, was a big turning point. And those two had a great feud. Probably one of, if not the best WWE feuds of the 2000s between Edge and Cena over 2006. Mm -hmm. And then you roll into 2007, and who does he face at WrestleMania? Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, yeah. The year after he faced Triple H. Yeah, I think, I think when he face triple h i think that was a big like because triple h was clearly trying to be the heel and he still had like a, a good bit of that evolution vibe to his character um but at that point you know he was so well respected and he was so you know just beloved that nobody was going to boo him especially chicago i was there i was in the all-state arena for wrestlemania 22 and it was massive support for Triple H. And you know that Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks chant? Well, 
Chicago put in a few different words. It wasn't let's go, Cena. It was something else. A colorful word, you, Cena. Cena sucks. So, um. You sure this wasn't. Also, remember, 2006 was One Night Stand. The yeah. infamous One Night Stand. Well, uh, that was after because. Right. WrestleMania 22 was when Van Damme won the Money in the Bank to cash in at that one-night stand. And that was the one where Cena walked in as the enemy. And the infamous thing that WWE will remind you of if you talk about one-night stand is Cena walking out and then throwing his T-shirt like he'd always done. And it gets thrown back on three separate occasions. And he threw it in three different directions. Nobody wanted him to win. And Edge... Lo and behold, ended up being the biggest babyface that night because he is the reason Cena lost and Van Damme won. Which, which brings up an an interesting point to you saying I, when you say I think Roman's the best heel because no matter who you put him in with, the attention is going to be on him and he's going to get over as the heel. That's all well and good unless you're trying to actually have other heels. You know, you have to have other heels on the card. So if you're trying to make Joe a heel. And you put him in there with Reigns, and he gets cheered. Well, you just book him as a babyface. Just f- swap the roles, you know, because Roman certainly can't be the only heel on the card. I bet if you put him in there with the Miz, the Miz would get cheered. Yeah. I can tell you the Miz <laughs> would get cheered because the Miz got cheered against Cena, and Cena is not as is not does not get the nuclear level heat that Roman Reigns gets right now. Yeah. So. And so, and we saw that at Mania, which is the smarkiest crowd you'll ever see. So. Um, so, uh, let's move on. Um, a lot of things just kind of moving along, just kind of moving the pace along as we get closer and closer to the, uh, poorly named pay-per-view coming up. Can we talk um, one minute about LeVar Ball and just the shenanigans and just insanity? All I'll say about that segment was, this is why... You don't bring in celebs just for the sake of bringing in celebs. And that Rampage show I was at on Saturday, the Ectorage was there. Really? Yeah. Kevin Eck, former WWE writer, now uh, independent wrestling manager, manages the Ectorage. Um, and to say the least... A uh, little bit of gimmick infringement happening with the Miz Taraj. And uh, the best thing happened. Um, I, I'm friends with Kevin Eck on, on Facebook, and um, he posted about it, right? He said, you know, gimmick infringement, whatever, whatever, whatever. And somebody commented, uh, he, he was like, Miz Taraj steals from Eck Taraj, was basically the sentiment of his post. Right. Somebody commented on it. You stole it from the show Entourage. And his comment, which was the most beautiful comment I've ever seen, was Entourage is a word in the English language. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, 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 well, I have, uh, I follow Maryland Championship Wrestling, or, well, they're not Maryland Championship Wrestling. MCW. Like, MCW Wrestling. Uh, I think are they MCW Pro Wrestling? I think so. MCW uh, Pro. They, that's right. Maryland they changed Championship their name. Wrestling Pro Wrestling. They changed their last name last year, or their last name, their their name last year. They're now the, MCW Pro Wrestling. They're branching out of Maryland. That's why. Yes, which uh, they're one of the biggest independent promotions nationwide. So Certainly, one of the most sense. respected, one of the best 
Kevin Eck does a ton of work, obviously, with MCW. Mm-hmm. Very heavily involved. So they share a lot of his pieces. Um, he, I think he has a blog that he writes about weekly mm-hmm. about the WWE product and other goings-on in professional wrestling. Um, so obviously I know the name, which is easy enough. But that's not a, not a small name in this area, although... No. Really? Somebody, you stole the name from a show called Entourage? Yeah, and just Entourage is a word in the English language. What a beautiful comeback, because it just perfectly states everything in that one thing. Good wrestlers and good wrestling minds on Facebook are always some of the most entertaining things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, um, but yeah, what I mean, I think the segment fell apart. You had the N-bomb drop twice on mic. So, just not a good thing. But, you know, The Miz is so good that he actually kind of kept it together. He kind of kept the it from going completely off the rails and just turning into, like, an awkward segment. There, there are two guys that are in WWE right now that I, if I was the promotion, I would trust with any celebrity in ring. And those two guys are John Cena and The Miz. Because both guys are used to being in those situations. Mm-hmm. For The Miz, having that having the talk show segment means he's more often than not going to be in that situation, but he's a guy who handles celebrity better than most mm-hmm. as far as talent in that company. So credit to The Miz for trying his absolute best to keep this thing as on the rails as possible, but there was nothing that anyone could do to save this segment. It, it was... I I was nervous when I heard about it, and then LeVar Ball, of all people, took off his shirt, and then I was then I was afraid the entire rest of the way. The funny thing too, just because I follow traditional sports, I know who LeVar Ball is. Yeah. If you're not in Staples Center and you don't follow basketball, do you have any idea who the Ball family is? I don't think you do. I mean, they certainly they're they're one of the more press covered families in sports but i think the big thing was vince wanted what's lavar's son's name that just lavar's son that just got drafted by the lakers second overall was is lonzo ball but you don't get lonzo ball without without lavar his father i think vince wanted the first time that people saw lonzo ball in the staples center was to be on wwe programming i think he thought that was a big thing but i think even the people there at that raw came to see a wrestling show so they kind of rejected the segment you know i don't know if it was so much that i think so this is not uncommon we've seen this happen before where mm-hmm. athletes get invited into the ring and you know it's this that and the other it's not that not that uncommon mm-hmm. i mean one of the best raw guest hosts which there weren't a ton but one of the best better ones i should say were the pittsburgh steelers mm-hmm which were who they were flanked by Ben Roethlisberger, which yeah. was a big deal. So I think this. I think you're right. I think Vince wanted Lonzo's first appearance in Staples Center to be on WWE television. The problem is, is like I said, you don't get Lonzo without Lavar, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. At times, Lonzo spoke for about three seconds and had the charisma of a wet rock. So, I nothing against him. He's really good basketball player best of luck to him but what you saw happen what you saw happen there was and they did intentionally they knew lavar was going to get booed 
or at least they knew they wanted Lonzo's reaction to be separate from Lavar's and Lamelo's. Lamelo being the younger son, who's a junior. I think he just finished up his sophomore year in high school. He's gonna. He's be... the one who dropped the end bomb. Yes, yes, he's the one who. He's fifteen, yeah. by the way. Uh, but he, uh, you cannot involve Lavar Ball on in on camera segments. I think you uh, things like Sports Center interviews. I think is one thing. You can't trot him out on that stage. You have to know better. Live improv, basically. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm watching it, and I and I know what's, what their story to this point. I first heard of them about six months ago when Lonzo really started making a big name for himself as far as college player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, then the LeVar stuff started, where he basically said he's only going to play for the Lakers, and he's not going to sign with a shoe deal with Nike or Reebok or Under Armour or any of those big companies, Reebok, uh, Adidas. Uh, <laughs> well, Reebok does do shoes, yeah, but do. I think they were just purchased by one of those other ones, so I'm not sure. Anyways, regardless, the um, they did not, they turned down all the shoe offers and sponsorship and, and endorsement deals so that they could do their own brand of product, which you saw prominently displayed on WWE television, so you could do Big Baller Brand, which is the name of their brand. Whatever. That's cool. But you saw all of them wearing it, and you saw all of them had the shoes on, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. This the segment, from a pure logic standpoint, made no sense. Uh, and yeah. because Miz is actually probably a better person to have as, as part of your brand. Although, why not do something with Titus? It just yeah. works together too well. I guess they felt like Titus wasn't a big enough fish. I um, guess, and probably wouldn't trust Titus with keeping it on track. No, you would need to have somebody who's <laughs> like experienced, the like yeah. The Miz, or even Dean Ambrose, who... They cut that segment short. You watched it. They definitely they rushed definitely it. They definitely cut that <laughs> yeah. segment short. When especially it started to go south. It started going off the rails, and like LeVar is yelling into the microphone over top of Dean Ambrose. Like... There was everything was awful about that segment, and then you have the six man tag that had nothing to do with the Ball family, between the Miz and the Miz Taraj, which anything to get Bo Dallas on TV, mm-hmm. um, and beating Ambrose Slater and Rhino, it just was yeah. a terrible segment. And this is and the this only... is third or four in the second time in three or four weeks that Raw has had an awful segment, yeah, just like one of the worst between the. Alexa Bliss, Bailey, this is your life. To now, this Raw can't get their stuff together. They uh, they've had a lot of they've had more misses than they've had hits lately. But you know, on the same show, we did have the Lesnar Joe angle, the Roman Strowman angle, which did go over pretty well. You um, you had the continuing decline of Big Cass and Enzo Amore, which yeah. I still don't understand. Yeah, and the the best part about it was uh, I don't know if it was I think it was this week when Cass confronted Corey Graves about it that really tied it together for me because I was like well that's a loose end, but uh, the only thing I wanted to say and we can get off the the Miz segment is whenever you bring these sports people in it's a little Lavar is a little different but like his son um, who just got signed by the Lakers when the, these regular sport people football players basketball players baseball players. They are not taught and trained to have exuberant personalities. That is not good for team sports. 
Well, there are um, certain guys who have natural charisma. Correct. And but, certain guys who can kind of hold that down, but you are not part, dealing with, most of the time, you're not dealing with those people. And even you'll see, like, you know, somebody will score a goal or a touchdown or something, and they'll they'll go to them and they'll, you know, ask your thoughts. And the, the classic, you know, we played good, the other team played good, we scored points, they scored points, you know, that promo. Um it doesn't really mix well in wrestling where you have to be over the top and crazy. So if the focus was supposed to be on Lonzo, you didn't get the job done. <laughs> no. But no. Uh, let's move on. The rest of Raw was typical. It was all right. It wasn't it, a terrible you know what? Raw. No, it felt like a go-home show, even though the go-home show is not told next week. And I'm assuming they're thinking people aren't going to watch it because it's the day before the 4th of July. But Maybe, but I don't know. we've seen WWE has not done great with go-home shows, especially yeah. when it's Oh, involved. and the last note is the current WrestleMania plan now that Roman and Lesnar is off is Roman Cena. I would be okay with that. Yeah. Who do you boo if you're a smart in that match? You just your head explodes like a fembot in Austin Powers. You're just like does not compute. <laughs> um, uh, also, that match that night ended with a wonderful performance by Nia Jax, who looked super strong after their gauntlet Al- match. Allegedly went 33 minutes. <laughs> well, it was a long match. It was, but long. I don't know if it was 33. But um, no selling a lot in that match were both Sasha Banks and Nia Jax, which made me really unhappy. Because yeah. I'm starting to notice that more and more. But if just by looking at it on paper, Nia Jax looks strong, but Sasha looks even better. Yeah, and that it. immediately propels her back into the title picture as she will take on Alexa Bliss at Great Balls of Fire. And I think the the plan is to have Sasha, or um, Nia, excuse me, in the women's, we're all women's title match at SummerSlam. Which would be interesting. I don't know how they're going to play that up if Alexa Bliss is still going to be champion. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we go to SmackDown. James Ellsworth gets banned from the arena, which I, 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 don't know I why like these... this promo. Um, you have Carmella not backing down, stating her case, which you can't really argue against all the points that she's making. She, right. There are no rules. Right. You know, um, other people have interfered in ladder matches in the past. Yep. Um, and then you have this cool, like, interaction between Ellsworth and Daniel Bryan, where Ellsworth is like, he's he's goading him into a fight that he knows Daniel Bryan can't take up. Yeah. Um, And he made the comment about how he can't wrestle anymore. Yeah. And I audibly went, Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Every time they bring it up, it, it, cause they don't do it constantly. Right. Ellsworth is only the second person to use it against Daniel Bryan. Right. After, after Miz, wonderful Miz Miz talking smack episode, Miz completely revitalized his career at this point. And he's been kind of in a second renaissance ever since. Mm-hmm. So, but that pushes Brian over the edge. Brian says, I could fire you, but instead I'm just going to ban you from the arena. Right. So, all right. So that happens. SmackDown's so much nicer. It's so much more concise. Um, yes. So uh, the Usos defeat the Hype Bros in a way that you could have had the Hype Bros look good. You didn't. You that didn't. That was really and foolish had- idea. 90% of the match during the commercial break, you come back from the commercial break and it's you just the go Usos, right into the finish. The Usos hit the finish and and then we we find out that later in the night that next week we get to be uh, enlightened by a New Day versus Usos rap battle. Rap battle. It had a graphic. 
It had a special graphic. I would like to point out that Biggie did reference an infamous Booker T promo during... Yes, he did, <laughs> which I I had to then turn and explain to my girlfriend. <laughs> I um, think I had to explain it to a couple of people, too. <laughs> it, it was... The New Day, the New Day, and all the hidden references are on SmackDown. Yeah, like, it's, it's don't even good. waste your time with Raw for those. Just watch SmackDown between the Fashion Police and the New Day. You're yeah. just gonna get it's so very many references show. between that and the Punjabi Prison and Miami Vice, <laughs> Fuji Vice, Fuji Vice. Um, oh, WWF Primetime today on Twitter is just a. If you don't, if you don't follow them on Twitter, do it. It's basically how. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan would be calling today's action. And it's basically live tweeting throughout WWE programming. It's so funny. It's so good. Um, anyways, uh, Lana gets beat down by Naomi, even though and a half. Lana beat down Naomi before the match, and then Naomi completely no-sold it and won fairly easily, which just makes Lana look awful. Lana immediately goes from number one contender to bottom of the pile. I don't know how anybody else on Raw or SmackDown is lower than her in the women's division right now. It's it's weird the kind of progression. She comes back, she's in the title pic, title picture, title shot, and now she's squashed. The fans like her. They want her to be a babyface, but that's not the direction um, WWE's going in. It's, it's I also an interesting think she's series scenario. Yeah. She's a better heel, anyways. I think I don't have a problem with that. You know what you could really do, though, if you wanted to try and do something decent in with that story? She lost badly. Yeah. Have her, over the next weeks, come back from it. Have her build herself back up and work her way back towards that, because then that's a way you could do a slow transition into mm-hmm. making her baby face. Also could be a situation where, you know, if you have her work her way up and she's cheating her way to the top, then that's also something you could do. So there's different ways to do it. I hope they don't just bury her. Because she had two decent matches, all things considered. Mm, Not the best match you're ever going to see. But, I mean, not terrible. Could be worse. At least Eva Marie was nowhere around the product. Right. Um, Randy Orton calls out Jinder Mahal. Meh. Um, Baron Corbin defeats Sami Zayn. We get what we've been waiting for. Oh, that's right. I don't want to skip the Punjabi prison match. Uh, I <laughs> forgot about it already. That at WWE Battleground, there's going to be the return of a match. Hey, at least they referenced it. Kudos to them. At least they said a match invented for my hero and personal friend, the great Kali. Which was, at least there's some continuity. There's some continuity. Did and we from... not learn from these great Kali matches? I want to take... The funny thing is... Do you think the Punjabi prison match could ever be good? Because just by its nature, you are really restricted. You can't have a great wrestling match because you have to do, like, steel cage type work. Except you can't have a great steel cage match because you have to go out and over and then out and over. So you can't have it. Okay, so it's like Hell in a Cell. You can't have that because you can't have that crazy spot where you go through the cell, you know, to the outside or whatever the case might be. You can't climb it. So it's... I, I feel like this is a match type that's just destined to fail. I think in this specific scenario, Randy Orton's going to come really close to winning by escaping the outer cage, and you're going to have the Singh brothers come out from under the ring and pull him down, and Jinder's going to win. Well, they can't come out from under the ring at that point because then they have to go over the outer cage, themse- the inner. Well, the inner cage is attached to the ring, right? No. 
No? No, it's around it. Is it? Yeah, the, the inner cage is around it. It's two big circles. I thought it was like a, like the square bamboo cage on the ring and then a circular cage outside. Mm-mm, two circles. Huh. Well, th- there's only been two Punjabi Prison matches, right? Yes, one and was one an was Undertaker not even, match. The Great Khali was One was in. supposed to be an Undertaker match with the Great Khali, and then Khali got hurt. The other was Batista versus Great Khali in 2007. Yeah. And I remember this because I was watching, and my, my, was it awful. You know what's a really good idea? Don't put the seven foot one guy who can barely walk, much less take a bump, in a large cage match where he has to climb over two cages. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be better with Orton and Mahal. I mean, the bar's pretty low. <laughs> but yes, I agree with you. Um, we're over time, so let's let's move past. Uh, it looks like Mike Kanellis has his first opponent. I just want to say I think I'm right about the Punjabi prism. I don't think you can get out from under the ring, though. I think it goes around the whole ring. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, well, we'll see if this changes. That anyway. was a picture. By the way, we're showing pictures again. That was a picture of the Undertaker doing his entrance. With before his Punjabi show. prison match against the Big Show, because those two made a lot of sense in that match. Type just change it to Steel Cage or Hell in a Cell. Come on now. Uh, Baron Corbin defeats Sami Zayn. We now th- believe that Mike Kanellis's first opponent will probably be Sami Zayn. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, they kind of Sami Zayn kind of was a a bit of a dick to them. <laughs> he just kind of cut their thing off r- right as they were trying to get some momentum and and. There was no response from Canalis, so hopefully next week they revisit that. It would have been nice if they had done that, and then Corbin had come out and smashed Zane. Yeah. At this point, Sami Zayn's just going to lose all the time, so he might as well make the most of it. I think they could have, and we just got yet another Baron Corbin Sami Zayn match. Yeah. Um, and then we have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, the second one, which we both strongly disagreed with being on free television last week. But, but I guess the only way to make up for that is to not have the result change. In a way, but it also feels... I mean... It almost feels like, what's the point? But at the same time, I enjoyed watching it. I don't know why they didn't do that like picture-in-picture thing with the match still going on during yeah. that match at all. I actually watched SmackDown and Raw Live this week looking to see about that. and No... Yeah, they only had it it for the Hype Bros match and something else. Um, Uh, Corbin Zane. Corbin Zane. Um, But also interesting because Ellsworth did get involved. Correct. So, but he didn't grab the title this time. Didn't didn't grab the briefcase, but did prevent others from winning. There are strong there. There is. Uh, murmurs in the on the internet wrestling community of a third Money in the Bank match. No, I think we're done now. Uh, no, uh, it's going to be a. Uh, there's a lot of murmurs that maybe he gets fired. Hmm. That's not to say he stays fired. Right. But maybe he gets fired. Returns under a mask as uh, as Juan Ellsworth, whatever James is. I don't even know what James and in uh in spanish might be but yeah maybe or maybe he goes to raw or i think ellsworth still has a lot of value value as far as kind of like that undercard mid card i don't know he's really 205 
Although that would be interesting to say uh, the least. No, I think I think I was a little um, like I, I don't I was want it happy to happen when he I got think... paired with Carmella, but I was also like, well, this this doesn't have a lot of legs. But I think over time, that character has developed and gotten much more interesting under the guise of carmella like well i think both of them have yeah i think carmella has gotten way more interesting than she was before james ellsworth Mm -hmm. and i think his character has developed wonderfully out of you're now out of the main event picture it's a pretty big change from what he was first doing with aj styles to this it would have been really easy for him to just disappear and i think him getting stuck with carmella the two of them working together shouldn't getting carmella getting stuck with james ellsworth actually did really well for both of them uh, did you see the picture that came out that night of Carmella and uh, James Ellsworth riding the train mm. and she's holding the briefcase? Mm-mm. It's really funny. They're I just sitting it. at the end and they're sitting together and they're just looking forward and it just looked like somebody who just got a picture of them. And she is holding the briefcase. That's good. She still has it with her. So I, I think Carmella was the right choice to begin with. I think her keeping it is the right choice i don't think we needed the second money in the bank match i think it cheapens the money in the bank but you know what they could do at least now you have that shot of carmella holding up the title and now the one thing you could say too is she could say not only did i win it once i've won it twice right so that's a big thing for her and i think she's going to carry that briefcase really well and i'd like to have this go long have her play the long game it's not a very deep roster I would even consider maybe having her have a title shot sometime while she's holding the briefcase but without having to cash it in. Uh, you might have to, depending on how uh, long you want her to keep it. Um, I would – this is like super fantasy booking, but – It's not anything we're <laughs> not used to. I would like – you know, say they this does lead to Ellsworth getting fired or separated from Carmella somehow. I would like um, – Kurt Angle to release Big Cass for everything he's done. Cass goes to SmackDown, pairs back up with Carmella, who they're a real-life couple and were paired in NXT. Mm -hmm. And Cass could win the WWE title, and Carmella could be the women's champion and kind of have a power couple there, and maybe they could feud with the Canellis or whoever else, maybe Cena and, and Nikki um, or whoever else they want to do that with, but or Ms. Maurice even if they want to go over. But um, I think I think that would be a good thing to put back together at this point because now both Cass and Carmella are heels, Enzo's out of the picture, and you know they're both primed for main event runs. Trade Ellsworth for Big Cass. Just swap them. Yeah. Just straight swap. And you could have Enzo Amore working with James Ellsworth, and that would be some of the funniest shtick. That would be. I'm not big on all comedy angles, but I think that would be really funny, and I think it would probably do well for both of them. Yeah, probably. Um, all right, that that's it. Um, we're done for this week. Um, oh, oh, one more bit of news. We found out the uh, G1 Climax for New Japan Pro Wrestling. We found out the pairings. Mm-hmm. We have confirmed Okada Omega 3 as they are both in block B in that tournament. Okada Omega 3, this time they only have 30 minutes, though. 
So what happens if they draw again? Uh, well, the way the G1 works, if you win, you get two points. If it's a draw, both guys get one point. And well, if... I, I'm, I don't mean so much for the points. I mean, what does that do for them? Does this cheapen their rivalry, or is that something where you can no. – they, they push forward still, and it's like, we've now drawn twice. Okada's got to win, but Omega's tied him twice. It's, 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 it, they're in a tough spot because they just had a 60-minute draw, and their first match in January went 48. 48. So to can to have a believable finish inside thirty is tough. We don't know if Okada is going to be the champion or not. Come time for this match, we'll find out possibly this weekend. Yeah. So I mean, anything could change. But my theory would be, and I don't know how you would do it believably, is have Omega go over. Now we have Okada with a win, Omega with a win, and a draw. So they're one, one, and one, and then build up the the final match between them at Wrestle Kingdom or whatever you want next year, and and you know, you have this beautiful feud, probably the greatest wrestling feud of the last twenty years. Um, but I don't know how you have the match end in under thirty minutes. <laughs> I really don't. We will find out. But for now, that'll do it for us. Um, still haven't recorded the uh, outro yet as far as the plug, so we're going to have to do that manually okay? like savages. Um, so uh, give out your, your, your where people can follow you. All right. Lee Brando. Search that on Facebook. Add me as a friend. I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. That's true. I'm, I'm friends with Lee I'll be your friend. I don't care. I'm friends with Lee Brando and Killian. Kevin X, friends with Lee Brando. So you should be you too. Could, you could if you get friend if you You could be add part of the brand Tarash. <laughs> the Brando Brigade? Nope. Brand <laughs> Did I kill it? Le Brigade. Lee Barricade. <laughs> I, I'm, now friends, we're just, I'm now friends with Lee Brando and Killian McMurphy. Who wrote I'm, this podcast, LeVar Ball? I'm not I'm not uh I'm getting friend request suggestions. For Anthony Bennett of the Cruiserweight Classic now. Yeah. I'm so, friends with I'm friends with Anthony Bennett. You want to be friends with me? You could be friends with Anthony Bennett, too. You can find him if you become friends with me, but only if you become friends with me first. More importantly, yeah. you could become friends with Robbie Radke. You could. <laughs> you could. I'm trying to think of who else I'm friends with. Are you friends with Ty Awesome? I'm friends with Ty Awesome. Uh, uh, Kakoa? Friends with Kakoa Mana friends with Corey castle these are all indie guys but i'm trying to think of um if there's anybody with the name that i'm friends with oh i'm friends with um uh what's he go by now aldo rose there you oh go. yeah oh you know i saw that yeah i saw that because um a mutual friend of ours who i won't name because he's not associated with us at the moment but okay. a mutual friend of ours i noticed posted something from him mm. um and uh it's very interesting yeah uh friends with james ellsworth there you go that's that's a good one uh he stole your gimmick which which one he went and saw the boss baby oh he did right after you did right after i did that that's right um i told him about it (laughs) uh but anyway so find me on facebook be part of all that fun then twitter instagram snapchat at lee brando underscore um find me there email me for booking or 
um, contact at bookleebrando at gmail.com. What about the show? How can they reach the show? Well, they can reach the show by uh, finding us on Twitter at Barricade Show, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Barricade Show. And, of course, you can follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, get every new episode. It's first on SoundCloud every week. You should follow us on SoundCloud. We SoundCloud, paid for that. SoundCloud.com <laughs> slash Barricade Show. We did pay for that. We paid for that. Um, if you would like your uh, podcast downloaded, uh, then we're on iTunes and Hit the Google download Play. button. Hit that download button. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. Hand them suckers out like Meltzer. Uh, I, I expect to see a 6.25 review for our podcast <laughs> on iTunes and Google Play. Which, if you're not aware, is what the Omega Okada 60-minute draw got. 6.25 stars. I think Meltzer is just trolling people now. I don't know. He's built himself up a heck of a gimmick. Um, and, of course, you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. Who you might want to hear on the show. You heard who one Lee Brando is friends with. We might have to start knocking on doors for interviews. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. So I'll be like, hey, guys, do you want to come on a show that no one listens to? Hey, <laughs> Killian McMurphy listened to this show. I'm not even sure. He listened to the show at one point. At one point in time, he did. He is the Shamrock Shooter. And, he is. Um, we have a couple other people that listen to us. Few. Let's get him on see why can we okay so so i do legitimately i'm curious could we skype in people who listen to our show we could can we take actual and just be like so questions? we we could do that or we could be like we have a question for you why do you listen really we want to know so yeah if you do listen leave a comment we'd like to know so we can maybe bring you on the show and ask why you're spending your hour and a half with us every week yeah what else do you not have going on or are we just in your podcast rotation? Like we're Which just we're just part with, of the routine now. Fine with that. We're totally fine with fine that. Fine with that. I don't have any problem but with that. But we want to know. But we do need to know. So you should tell us. You should tell us. All right. So we should probably wrap this up. We should wrap it up. They're tell they're giving us the go home cue. They They've been giving you. us the go home cue for like twenty five minutes. <laughs> well, you go along when you work in the main. Son. <laughs>